Hi, I'm Batsheva Frankel from Overthrowing Education, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Dr. Christopher K. Slayton. He is a human learning consultant and he is the author of the book, Education and Science, The Brain's Body Help to Improve Brain, Body, and Sense Events. Oh, what a powerful subject. Awesome information. You are going to learn so much. Thanks for listening. And by the way, before you go, it'd be so cool if you went to my website, stephenmaletto.com slash reviews and uh, left a review. Could you do that for me? You know, what do you think? Say a few nice words and uh, maybe five stars? Hmm, that would be so cool. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. It's the education podcast, your favorite show, with lots of groovy guests and they share what they know. So crank it up the tin and let your neighbors know that here's another show with Dr. Steve Milletto. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Ah, ah, with Dr. Steve Milletto. Christopher K. Slayton, EDD, developed the Progressive Investing Institute of Focused Learning in 2000 to study child development through the application of action research, systems thinking, and human science. The applied use of action research with children and parents in crisis led to human systems research as the study of self, other people, and the environment. The applied use of systems thinking led to human system science as the study of brain, body, and sense events. Hence, the applied use of human science led to the study of human, cognitive, and behavior sciences. As a practitioner of human system science, his interest has always been focused on the study of human contact, human cognition, and human behavior. Dr. Slayton has used education to become more informed about the brain and science to discipline the body as a human system scientist with more than 25 years of studying brain, body, and sense events. Hence, learning how to inform the brain and discipline the body is a personal practice of education and science. This is why human system science represents a fundamental change in the way brain, body, and sense events are viewed in terms of the brain's body. The brain is the body. The body is not the brain. The brain's body is the inner, outer sense of self in the study of sense and receive path functions. Brain, body, sense events, energy, action, and feelings and physical, emotional, and mental acts or behaviors. Our focus today will be Christopher's book, Education and Science, The Brain's Body, Help to Improve Brain, Body, and Sense Events. Christopher, welcome and thanks for joining me. Say hi to everyone. Hello, how are you doing? How's everyone doing out there? Well, glad to have you here today, and I can't wait for you to share all about your uh, your latest book called Education and Science, The Brain's Body, Help to Improve Brain, Body, and Sense Events. Uh, and so let's start first by, in your bio, I talked, uh, I've talked about you being a human learning consultant. What do you do? What is, what is that? That's a fascinating uh, way to start because you see human system science, right? The study of brain, body, and sense events. And so you look at the human learning consultant, you want to ask, well, what does that mean? As you're doing, I'm saying, okay, it means that I use human system science to use the environment that children, parents, teachers, and others use to set up learning plans. And learning plans that involve contact, interaction, moving through home, school, neighborhood, and workplace networks so that I can actually deliver a process cycle to a child in crisis or a parent who's trying to learn how to navigate the school system. 
with goals and objectives that lead their child to the workplace from wherever they are. And the motivations is built in there because you're saying the goal is successfully advance this person through the school system and into the workplace where they then can increase their opportunities based on those experiences. So the human learning consultant develops a learning plan and the learning plan is made up of the community, the academics, and the sociological factors that may be infringing upon their ability to successfully move to those networks. So the human learning consultant is always talking about how to help you think it through, not what to think. We don't program. I'm there to help them set up a parameter through the experience of experiencing these experiences. These are the results and those are the feedback loops that they're constantly improving on as they work through their own continuum. Human learning consultant. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing that. And and it uh, and so this is gonna we got a lot of stuff that's gonna fit there that I think we're gonna have some good conversation here. We because the first thing I want you to do is you talk about something called a sense event. All right. So I think we got to get that understanding of what that is, so that we understand in combination with uh, you being the the human learning consultant that also understand that part of what we're gonna be talking about is what a sense event is. So can you explain that to us? Okay, so that's that's the interpretation of stimulus response. Because stimulus response, I'm not a behaviorist, but it confused me because, in my opinion, children have to have a process cycle that allows them to change and evolve within the reception of the instructions. So the sense path is a neurological event. So when you look at a child's breath of life experience, that's another way of understanding what a sense path is because a kid is born into the world and when the doctor slaps them on the butt, they awaken. But what actually awakens? The feel for the contact. So a sense path or a sense is, a, is the first step in the experience of self, not the environment, self, because you want that self in there because when the slap on the butt happened, it connected the brain to the experience, and you don't want allow children to go through life not understanding that their brain has to be in the lead at transactions. That's the natural reoccurring phenomenon. They're trying to catch back up because they're trying to get the brain in the lead of that slack, that emotional effect. So the sense, right, is the contact piece that you're extracting from the experience, but within the context of that, the sense and receive path, you have emotion and thought. Not at birth, but that's the effect because after you're born you begin to experience stages of thinking in the sense of receive path that's a social cognitive event along with the neurologic effect of the experience now these two is forward and backward feed so when i say sense i'm talking about science and i'm talking about reestablishing that it's a sense receive process cycle is what I'm trying to establish. So you sense to receive, but it's more emphatic because when I talk about the breath of life, it's easier to understand it as the child sense to feel, to focus the brain, where am I? And for the rest of that person's life, we now have them coordinating how they wake up every day to live first through the sense of feel and then move forward to learn. So now the brain is constantly being reshape and, and uh, advance from the back to the forward feed. So now the kid's sense path is occupied 
by that neurological effect that you've been trying to figure out how to get back in front of the behavior. And that's what you're doing when you say sense, feel, and focus to what? The brain, but through your sense of feel for self, because you feel it, you feel you inside your brain's body. And that's what I'm trying to explain. Gotcha. And and this, oh, you know, as a, I'm a former teacher, former um, high school uh, um, history teacher, former administrator, former high school principal, and uh, now I work with school systems and uh, um, in public school systems with uh, helping, you know, get information to, to teachers about things that uh, they should be thinking about or and uh, building administrators as well. And I think that this really fits well because, you know, some of those events that happen that, like you're talking about in training the brain and how we, um, what happens can explain a lot about how, you know, why you might get a response from a child in a classroom that you weren't quite expecting. I mean, what do you, <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> it's a teaching moment. So that's exactly what, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm, I'm moving to is the fact that you prepare the brain for contact. You no, know, I mean, in, in, in working with children, they're like computers. You format that brain. So that brain, when it experiences the contact, you're not dealing with awareness because awareness is an effect that happens after the received path and the knowledge base is being established. That's awareness of the knowledge. But before that, you have to inform the brain. And informing the brain, those are the sequential information flow into the experience, into the knowledge, into levels of comprehension, and now you have awareness of what? The experience that took place in your sense path that was transferred, and now you're teaching the kid to transfer is the experience that you have to cooperate through because you can choose, and that's what we're talking about in the classroom, a child choosing not to accept the instruction. And so that kid, you're telling that kid, you can choose to refuse to accept the instruction, but you cut off the experience. So now what you have is less awareness for the comprehension of what the instruction was supposed to inform your brain about. So when you ask the question, you're like, wow, because you stopped, because you chose to resist the teacher's contact. And they resisted teacher's contact when they sent the instruction, you refuse to interact with it. So now you're in the classroom and you're mostly upset because you are like unaware of, well, well, how do I, how do I answer? Well, it's because you didn't focus and sell yourself down and understand that you have to cooperate because the brain, you have a built-in mechanism that I'm talking about with a brain of say, okay, we didn't like that experience, but that's the reaction. But then the brain has the response behind the reaction because it's informed. So that awareness is part of the information flow, too, because it's, it's the forward feed coming back into the sense path that allows you to make mistakes because we're talking about choice decision-making, in essence. Oh, I love that. That uh, explains a lot, by the way. I wish I had a little more information about this when I was uh, um, working directly with students because that, that uh, tells a lot. Because you know, the question that uh, um, I, I got to ask now is, so we're talking a lot about the brain. And Let's talk about learning about our brain. I mean, what do you think is the most important thing to understand about it that that we may not have ever spent any time um, knowing about? I mean, what do, we, what do we need to know about our brain? See, that's what I'm talking about. That's why you're right on top of it, in my opinion, Steve, because we have to talk about the brain. No, because you see, you can't, I've had kids who, when they got to me, they were in their 15, 16, and they didn't know what the brain was. 
I mean, they know about a mind, but the mind is not the brain. The mind is part of part of the problem because it's of the experience that the brain responded to. Now you have a state, a mood, emotion blocking the flow of information to the brain because you created a pattern of behavior that's negative. And it's influencing the external environment, the way people interact with you, because your body is a thick system. So when we talk about the brain, we're talking about how you sense and receive contact and move through the next three things. It's critical because the brain has to have cooperation in order to function. Why? Because you are or you have free will. You have the right to choose. Therefore, you have to teach the child about the brain so they understand you are making a choice. And at the same time, you're talking about the bottom line. Can you understand or appreciate the consequences of the choices making that you're making? So that when you punish the kid, you're recognizing this kid has less of a capacity to recognize the consequences of the choices that he or she is making. All that's going into it when you talk about the brain. So if you're learning the brain, you're teaching the brain, you're also teaching the child about consequential learning, which is thinking. But you're teaching them how to live, learn, think, and respond to contact, interaction, cooperation, and what you want is participation. And those are the things the brain works off of as a social organ. It works from those parameters because you want performance. Well, now you can measure that. How well did you participate in the flow of that instruction to your brain? You're talking to a kid. Did you understand and what did you feel like when you felt that you were more aware of how you processed that instruction, confidence, trust in self, because that's what you're trying to build, so they can increase their participation with less anxiety and fear from being wrong, or when they enter that unknown space that we go through, whenever we're in a classroom and the instruction comes at us, you gotta go through that emotional step first. So the brain is what I'm talking about. And for me, it's talking about the brain openly and constructively because that's what we're trying to do. Mental health today is out of control, but it's because the sense path or the drug, uh, the drug, um, let's call it the um, drug pandemic, epidemic. I work with both of those, has such an impact on child development from the years of, my, I, I'm calculating from the time that I was a kid. 1970, all the way through the present period, I'm talking about a constant accumulation of the effect of drugs on our society and children being born who were subjected to drugs while in utero has impacted the learning system I call a learning crisis. And that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to figure out how to help children understand contact, interaction, cooperation, participation, because when it's a crisis, that's how you want to talk to the brain. Wait, don't watch out. They understand that's contact. You're trying to tell them, avoid that contact. Okay, wait a minute. Don't do that. Don't interact there. Okay. I need your help. Cooperate. You're trying to teach them a language system. So even if they're bipolar or whatever, they have when my son, when I was working with my son who had childhood schizophrenia, the one thing I began to understand was if you talk to his brain and you lay down that foundation where there's a knowledge base being created, and he may not be able to feel you, but you just want to show him through your modeling, social cognitive modeling, what it feels like to work with him. 
and he understands the words you're using. He may not be able to experience them, but he understands he's reading you. And so through that interaction, you're trying to get the kid to understand those words. And if they can understand those words, now you have a direct link. So when he was in crises and I was chasing him down the street and, and trying to quiet him down, bring him back home, I was constantly throwing these words at him, constantly throwing these words at him. He was constantly responding to me. I mean, in mile four, right, we started to turn around because it was his choice because he was, he was less and less afraid of whatever set him off. Talking to the brain, using special words, using words that connect to real-life experiences, learn, live, think, and respond. I already said them. But those words are root words that lead into classroom learning, learning in the community, learning in the church, learn things that other helpers, if it happens to him in society, other helpers can say certain things that would set him and get him more focused than he was and get him to calm down cool off and collect a sense of feel for where he is, okay? Because you're talking about the sense of CPAP being damaged, but the surroundings, recognize where you are. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about how do we reverse these complications that we're having in child development where more and more children's effect in the school system is resulting in mental health issues. That's not saying the school, I'm saying that the problem could be in the community, but there's no way for the child to learn through it or to learn how to avoid it. But in our system, you're teaching the kid how to live in a home, how to learn in school, how to think in a neighborhood. So now they know when you're in a neighborhood, you're thinking. What are you thinking through? The skills you're learning at home, the skills you're learning in school, and read the environment, read your surroundings. So now the kid who is upset knows that he has to work through that contact. She has to work through that contact because we're talking about Human system research to study yourself, other people, and the environment. And if they're doing this, self is going to get out of the way. Why? Because you always want the child to know, don't, it's not about being self-centered, it's about being self-aware of what you're experiencing and how other people can do signs of care. That's the other equation that I always talk through in this same analysis. When you're teaching a, a child about contact interaction and their their sense pass upset you want that word care to be realized and care is something that you can display a kid can measure it because you're interacting with them and they're accustomed to this negative flow of energy when they move through contact interaction that sets them off so if you display signs of care you know theoretically 14 days of constant signs of care should turn a kid's behavior around towards you because they know they're not experiencing that anywhere else and you tell them what your care feels like. Now the behavior should begin to shift because all they've been doing those other days is testing you to see if you're going to stand firm. Stand firm because they know their true experience is that people are not who they say, say and think they are. Therefore, I can't trust you. Those are the words, and they all come together through human systems research when you're teaching a person about themselves, other people, and the environment. And you're trying to get this kid or these teachers or these other people just to rationally understand that a learning plan is a methodology to help move that person through the crises of self. See, people get it twisted. They think that the intervention is for them. No, it, it understands. I understood 
that the kid was the problem. But the kid is not the problem when I'm talking to you because we are the problem. We cannot figure out how to help this kid. We understand what the problem is, but now if we can't work together and understand that we got to get this kid through self as a crisis because they have been damaged, the sense of receive path, so they can't experience us. How do we get them to care? You and I working together to explain our levels of care in front of this kid. And if I'm the lead, then you know that this kid has a sense of confidence. Dr. Slayton is delivering signs of care. He always talks to me through signs of care. He's different. And you're sitting there doing the same thing. And this is how I got kids through. Because that's what I tell teachers. And if they're displaying, I tell them, now listen now, you do not change you. You don't change you. What I'm saying, though, is that the kid will adjust to your signs of care once they validate it, they can trust those signs of care. They're going to be there. And you can test it because you can give them tough love and they'll accept it. Those are the tests. You just, and they, 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 they're still there with you because they understand that's care because you establish an identity through allowing them to test your sensibilities to their experience of them because they're so accustomed to putting people in fear and they break down and do what they're going to do and and the kid just bounces back because they don't understand the behavior anyway. They don't understand the reinforcer anyway. So they stand firm and they move forward because you're dealing with their state of mind and not their brain. So that's how I, 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 I would uh, talk about that in relation to that question. I probably went too far on. Not at all. Not at all. That that was awesome though, because you got me you got me thinking about a bunch of stuff that some of them I'm going to hold off until we get to a couple of things that I want to ask you because it really explains a lot about stuff that uh, you know how we interact with some, especially when when a child is upset. You know they've they've gotten themselves, especially when you're dealing with a situation where um, uh, they've gotten themselves in trouble or something like this, and you know the adult's words can play such a major role in. I think you know, de-escalating that. And we'll, we'll come to that in just a minute. Cause I, you got me on fire thinking about some of this stuff, but w before we go any further, let's keep talking about the brain for a minute. I mean, what's a typical misconception that we have of our brains and body? I mean, you, you talk a little bit about the, the relationship between the brain and the body. What, what's one of those misconceptions that we have? Well, I'm going to go back to the home and school because you see a parent who thinks they're focused online when a kid comes home with bad grades, they whip the body, thinking that's going to change the behavior. But what they don't understand, they're whipping the brain. And what they're whipping the brain into doing is building a defense mechanism to their contact interaction, because the brain is interpreting that as, because how is the kid to respond unless you know you got to talk to the brain. You got to work through the brain. You got to find out what's going on between their sense and receive path and how to get them to digest or show that they have levels of comprehension that you can actually say, okay, it's you. You have to validate the experience of whipping a child, is what I'm saying, through your ability to go through a learning process of self first. You got to look at you. Because if this is your child and they're having difficulty, you look at your own experience first. You look at how you came through first and you look at your mistakes first. And then you begin to rationally 
interact with that kid. Now you got a you got a voice because you're talking to the kid about self, but it relates to the crisis the kid is going through because that's the information flow. The kid is trying to figure out, well, how do I get through the teacher? I'm trying. I'm doing whatever I can. The emotional effect. Are you an emotional effect? Are you an emotional affect? Are you the influence of negative reflections in that kid's sense to receive past transactions? The, the negative reflections is the forward feed that that kid gets in the classroom. So if you're not adequately looking at how to send your kid to school and deal with negative grades, and that means, that's why I say again, the parent's job is the social cognitive path. Why? Because they're the model and they're trying to get the kid to digest the way they parent that child. So you work on the sense path of your parent, you interact with the teacher because she or he is the expert in delivering academics, but the sense and receive path has to be open. And that's the crisis. If the kid's doing bad in school, you gotta make sure that kid's sense path is open to the teacher's contact and that the receive path understands, yes, it's gonna be hard, but this is how you get through it, through the experience of self and relate to the teacher and listen to what a teacher, and then you test that information. John Dewey, you test that information, you put it out there, you go home, like I said, you go home and you test those words, you go home, you test that math, you go home and you test these things, you validate the experience. That way when you talk to your parent and you get a whipping, or you whip the kid, you have evidence that, hey, we tried, and this didn't happen, but you'll stop whipping the kid because then you understand there's no sense of whipping my kid because it's hard. It's hard going to school. It's hard moving information that can, that's confusing because upon the teacher's fear, mere presence is emotion. And in the emotion, you already got in the sense path the emotional effect of the parent or other people as an environmental stimulus. And then you got the experience itself, right? So that's the mental confusion that Hilga Tubba talked about in terms of schooling. She was talking about how a kid comes in contact with academics. You want to understand academics, but you didn't set up the sense path to receive academics because the kid come from an environment where they're not set up to send the kid to have interaction with you. And you just moved them through complexity. And, 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 and so the bottom line is, how do you stop the confusion. You stop the confusion by teaching the child how to experience the parent. No, oh, this is the school. No, and it's not negative. You teach the child to experience. You tell them the truth. Maybe your parent was not prepared to help you get to understand how to turn the page and follow me in class. So what I'm trying to get you to do, you have to tell them. Otherwise, you just add the computer. They're, they're resenting it. You're telling me I don't know how to turn the page? No, you're saying... And the kid know because it's it's a continuum, and the experience is on a continuous basis. So the kid begins to understand. This is why I have difficulty in school. Not blaming the parent because the parent has to get online and look at self and say, you know what, you're right. I got to do better. That's what you're trying to get everybody to do at each level. Because the teachers, when I look at teachers, I also look at the other side of it with the lack of parent, lack of patience. You know, they know, have a sense of this kid comes from a negative environment. And because the kid is coming in with that negative energy, they're like, well, I'll meet you with toughness too. Now, what do you got? A block. You got a dual block. And no information getting through because everybody's standing firm on their position. You're not going to disrespect me. Well, you're not going to get through to me, you know. And so how do you stop that? You stop that by understanding 
you have to show signs of care. No matter what or who you're dealing with as an educator, your position has to be from a level of functionality where you're constantly working through signs and feelings of care. Doesn't mean that you soft, it means that you're looking for the received path. You're looking to organize the, the received path so that that reaction can be dealt with through a more informed response of awareness because you've informed the brain. That's all, I'm, that's all I'm saying about that equation. And so when we talk about the brain, we have to talk about the consequences. This is the critical part for me. Work with these children and going through all these IEPs. And I'm sitting there trying to explain, you, you, this kid does not understand the reinforcement. This kid does not understand the consequences of disconnecting from the classroom. And that's because they cannot process the experience. That's the emotional effect. And the emotional effect is problematic because they're thinking before they feel it. They're trying to think because that's what they've been taught. It's a state of mind, a thinking state versus a process state. And that's the first thing you get. That's what my system is doing. It's trying to set it up so even if the kid can't understand, you teach them how to appreciate it, signs of care, and you work on understand the sense path and the receive path so that the experience that you're receiving is like Bloom said, it's your data. That's what you're analyzing. So now you understand that the kid may be, but you look, but when you look at the body, you look at the body for signs of the brain. And in a state of mind, you don't have the brain because they're hiding the brain because they don't want you to have access to it. That's why you can't enforce, why you can't chase, why you say, well, he reflect. Uh, he has no. He's he saying he don't. She, she's saying she don't even remember. That's why, because they're blocking it. They don't want to remember. They don't want to reflect. And you can't make them reflect. Why? Because they're saying, "Hey, you ain't hurting me no more." Because academics hurt when you go through the unknown and you stay in the unknown because you're confused because you didn't accept the instruction or the contact to begin with, and now you're riddled with the effect of resistance from your sense of feel for self and your sense of feel for the teacher. So now you're totally in conflict, and that's what Yoga Tub, in my opinion, was talking about, because you have this clash of emotion. You have the environmental effect, and then you have the inner influence of the effect and affect. And so now this kid is really in crises because they don't know what to do. So they, it's easier to go in the playground and just play and not want to come back inside the classroom. Just send me to the office. I mean, those are the kids that I work with that methodically you have to set up an experiential process cycle. So I, I give another example. I work with children using projects where what I'm saying to you right now, I set up community-based learning projects so they can experience it. What I'm talking about outside the classroom, and I set them up in a classroom where I'm teaching them how to receive the instruction. So when we do the project, they're actually becoming more informed academically. And then I have children who are online academically that are in the room mentoring these other children, understanding because I, I tell them when I first get them, look, you are not here to make friends. You cannot make friends with these children. And the reason why, is because they are different, because their home experiences are different, and your parents would definitely allow me to function 
as your helper if you were to try to establish relationships that are bad for your family system. Okay? So you're not here to make friends. You're here to work and learn how to help other children who are less advantaged learn how to move through the school system more effectively. In closing, I've had kids who in Merced, California, whom were mentors, and when they got threatened by bullies and teasers, these other kids stood firm and backed them up. No physical qualities, but backed them up to let them know, no, no. And that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to make these kids understand how to conform, how to conform, and how to figure out the school platform. But that's the contact interaction piece self and other people. That's so powerful what you're talking about. Uh, just have a, an understanding that it take time to recognize that when you are trying to reach someone who's pushing back against, yeah, um, that there might be a reason and that your words are going to be strong there depending on what their experience has been, whatever that life um, event has been that uh, may have taught or you know something different about not being able to interact in the way in which you want them to. And it's just, uh, you know, having um, spent time in the classroom, having spent time helping people who are in the classroom now, having time, spent time as a, you know, someone who, you know, you're dealing with the kids who've gotten themselves in trouble, you know, and it's, it's uh, one of those things that, you know, one of the most powerful things I've, I've ever experienced is, and you're giving me a sense of understanding why it works, but the idea that uh, you walk into a situation and, and I'll give you a real scenario, get called to a classroom and, um, you go in there and there's a teacher at one end who's very angry. And at the other end, there's a student who's breathing heavy. Um, he's standing at the window and the window is open and uh, um, all the kids are lo looking at this little standoff that's going on. And the teacher looks at, at me and says, he just threw my purse out the window. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> and, but she didn't say it like that. She said it with a lot more anger and a lot more, you know, and uh, volume and so I, I walk over to him, and, and he was a student who knew me. We had a decent relationship. And I, and I said, uh, I said, hey, uh, you want to get your stuff and just come with me? Let's go down the hallway, and we'll, we'll talk when we get up front. And he's like, uh, yeah, that would be good. And I said, just, just grab your stuff, and let's just let's go out. And while I'm having this conversation, talking like this, um, the teacher was trying to yell, and I, I must have given her a good look. Because <laughs> she stopped, which was good. Because I'm like, I don't need him angry. You know, I don't need him any more angry. And uh, um, so we were able to walk down, and and he started to talk with me when in the hallway. And I said, Well, let's just walk. Let's just go to the hall. Let's just go to my office, and let's nobody else needs to hear what you got to talk about. I said, I'll give you all the time in the world you want when we get to my office. Well, my point in telling the story is that you know it's what you made me think about is how important it was for me not to accuse him of anything. Um, how important it was to try and see if I could get him to block out the anger that was in the room and, and just kind of get out of the room. <laughs> um, and it's just, you're giving me a lot of, you know, a, a lot of fuel here to, when you talk with uh, colleagues and such about situations they get into, you know, one of the things I like to say is that an adult needs to be the adult. <laughs> Someone needs to be adult in the room and they, it should be the adult. And we have to figure out different ways. You know, in that case, I asked him when we got to my office, I said, you just tell me when you, want to talk with me. He said, I'm good now. And I said, did you throw her purse out the window? And he said, yes. And I said, and this was a second floor, right? And I, I said, why? 
And he said, because I thought it was better than hitting her. And uh, I said, I said, well, when you talk about choices, <laughs> that was a much better choice. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting what can go through their minds about how they handle situations and such. It, depending on how we, ex- we you know, what, whatever experience we create or lesson they're learning from us. And so anyway, I, it's powerful what you're talking about. I, I, I appreciate you talk, uh, explaining with this. Uh, tell me this, uh, uh, Christopher, what, what made you say, I have to write this book? I mean, your book is called Education and Science, The Brain's Body Help to Improve Brain, Body, and Sense Events. I mean, what made you say, I got to write it? This is, this is going down in paper. You just not explained it because see, you want the brain to lead in the body. So that, that child got the reaction that satisfied him in that moment because now he has other students looking at the teacher and the teacher's the one getting the whipping. And that effect will linger because it's like um, also what, 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 what Mr. Putin's going through right now is the after effect of the example that in public made her appear weak because she couldn't adequately respond to the emotional effect of the kid acting out. And so the kid knew what he was doing, but he, more importantly, he knew what he was trying to produce was a reaction that would show negative feelings of emotion in public. And so when you walked in, he responded because he recognized your signs of care. No, you could have been considered one of the toughest principals in the district, but he knew you were through signs of care yourself in relation to him. So when you talk to him, you move from how you feel to his sense of feel for you, which is the connection to interaction that he responds through. And the same thing with the teacher, had the teacher when he threw the purse out the window, said, wait a minute, let's back up. Because she's got to understand she's representing the school and the effect can linger to the next class because that's how children do it. If it works in this class, they're going to do it over there in the next class, in the next class, in the next class. And so the teacher was supposed to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got someone coming, but let's talk this out. Why did you do that? They got to tell us all why you did that. Now she's talking to her community. And now he's on guard because now he's got to calm down, he's got to collect, or he continues to go and act out even further, which then diminishes his purpose to begin with. So I'm saying, yes, I understand that clearly. I do. Yeah. And so that's why we talk about understanding what the brain is and how the brain's body works because you want the brain in the lead of the behavior. We know what a behavior looks like. We, it's a state of mind, mood state, okay, but it's blocking the brain. So the kid was blocked by their fixed mood towards the classroom and the teacher, and that's what you wanted to change. So you had to figure out, like when he, when he was with you, his brain took the lead. You felt his brain in the lead. You asked him, questions he was responding through his brain not his state of mind and he was he was allowing you to penetrate the way he sensed and felt for the teacher because you were listening and he was filing his complaint and he thought okay i'm in trouble but i got i'm in trouble for a reason i I, i'll fall on my sword every day for that 
because that teacher gets under my nerves. And like you said, the teacher could have been hit. No, that's the brain working. He it's, it's like he was doing brain talk, okay? And then when you interact with him, you were talking to his brain, right? And through his brain was talking back to you, and that's the lead. I mean, that's what you want to see in children. You want, I tell parents, you talk to the brain because when you're in those moments, you want the child's brain to talk back. So I could be in an IEP meeting, and this kid's in there with me, and they, they touch a difficult subject about grace, and the kid starts talking back, and I'm saying, what? come on, let it come out. It's my job to rationally put it back together, but we know it's emotional because we're talking about this kid and grades. Okay, so that's what we're talking about. Let the kid brain talk. Brain talk to us, okay? And let us understand, because once it's out there, now we can analyze it and see how it relates to the IEP. Now, if the behavior is inside the display, it validates what we're talking about. And then if it's not, then what does it do? It informs us about this kid's capacity to participate in this process, dealing with their own um, right to, to be known. Okay, so that's what you're really talking about. That's what we're really talking about. But the turnaround is through signs of care. That's what I'm saying. And that's what has to be increased in education at this difficult, complex time. But you see, the strategy is, you don't give in. You just have to understand. This is what I teach a kid. This one kid, nine years old, right? Father abused him. He was born, subject drugs while in utero. His mother was incarcerated, and he was left with his father. His father came home, beat him every day. Just, just kick him, beat him, brutalize him every day. I got him at age nine. Nobody could touch him. Nobody could get next to him. And he was in a state of mind was, I don't care. I don't care what anybody, hey, student now, I don't care. I don't care what anybody does. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give him hell. And so everybody had hell with this kid. And that's because everybody reminded him in his reflection, that, that state of mind, that mood state, you like my dad. You like my dad. And what I had to teach him was, you understand, everybody's not your dad. But that's what I had to teach him. And the only way I could teach him that was the social cognitive understanding of the sex path. Okay, the environmental stimulus and how it impacted judgment and made him afraid of your contact. So what you got was anger. Anger, which is the emotional effect of the experience of that sense of feel for his dad and himself. Okay, so what I'm saying is you teach the child how to act through that hurt. You tell them you're not, you're not forgetting but you got to understand, everybody's not like that. And that's why I told him about signs of care. This is what you're looking for. And if they show you signs of care, it's your call on how you accept it. But the learning part is when the kid uses it, like I said from Dewey's work, and goes into the situation without me or any of our helpers and has contact with a teacher and acts through the experience, then sits back, social cognitively and observes the response of the teacher and sees that the teacher, of course, I informed the teacher, and the teacher stands firm on showing signs of care. And so the kid, instead of progressively pushing negative energy towards the teacher, over time, I'm saying over time, the child began to work through the teacher, and not just that teacher, but other teachers who also showed signs of care. Why? Because they knew 
This is a good student who's been hurt by these negative, these environmental situations. So he was responding academically, but not socially. So we dealt with the sense path because that was the environmental effect. We got the kid to rationally understand how, how, how acting allows him to maintain his confidence that no one was going to hurt him and that he was in control because he's watching you change. And if he see you change, he's changing with you, right? So who's in charge? Both of you. Because you know that what you're doing is managing his emotion. And he knows what you're doing is participating, trying to help him, help you help him. That's all the language system that I'm talking about. So when you pick up the book, it's in the book. Help the helper help. Now, who's the helper? I teach the kid. You're the helper. You're the, you're the helper because you got to help self-help. Helpers. Help you. No, because those are the words. Um, can't think of the author's name that I got that through. But yeah, that, you know, yeah. So philosophically, you're right on top of it. And, and so the way that I look at this is that if we, if we could just get this conversation about the brain, contextualized, because it can go either way, but the bottom line is you have to have a learning system. So the brain's body, you read it, and it's moving you towards the learning system, right? And in the system, the first thing you're talking about is language, right? The language domain, the emotion domain, the mental domain, right? And the physical domain, because those are the first four experiences that you have to move through because you're trying to deal with that emotion. You want the emotion to be after sensory organization. I mean, in the response system, that's how I, my goal is always to take that emotion on the front and get this kid to begin to experience living, learning, thinking, and responding and moving that emotional effect behind that sensory organization. Now that kid has a disciplined body, focused senses, and an informed brain. And you can see it and you can read it, but you read it because this kid is now making making the football team, having fun in class. People can interact and move through them because they've learned how to live with self. Because when you beat that kid down, you're disconnected because the kid wants to fight back, but they can't. So you have them selfless, helpless, and that's what you work for. You work to rebuild that sense of feel for self so he can connect again with a sense of confidence and trust that he can have an effect on how people treat him or her. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a whole lot. But that's why I began to talk about the brain. And I left enough of the research, is what I said when I was writing that book. I knew... Let's write from reflection. Forward feed. Let's, let's do this from forward feed. So I'm not in my other books. I said, well, Doc Slade, you got to be in this one. Why? Because you're talking about the brain, and you can't talk about the brain and validate the brain unless you put your brain in it. And if you put your brain in it, and you're talking about other kids that you work with, you're telling their story through your experience. Now, so when you talk about the sense, receive path, and you talk about these are all learning experience. And the most important thing is, for me, is that education is an experience. And that's what you want children to really understand. Because children 
automatically make one education, but the experience of education is emotional. So along that continuum, you deal with people that are successful, people that aren't so successful. So it's constantly in a crossroads between, I don't like education, even though education may be good for me. But you got to understand education. Because education, that's why I say you talk to the brain, because the kid got to know that's how you inform your brain. You need education to inform your brain. Because once you learn how to inform your brain, then you become an intricate part of self and discovery and all these other things that make you a competent business person. I mean, at the end of the day, because what? You don't want to end up poor. You don't want to end up not having any skill sets. This is all in that, that continuum that you're moving the kid through when you talk about homeschooling and workers network because they understand you're teaching about the workplace. The, the classroom where this is being done, that's their workplace. So when the kids work with me, that classroom is their workspace. And they know they're going there to test what Dr. Slayton is talking about. The experience. And change. The experience of change. Can I change? Can they change? Can we do this? Can I get through this? How do I measure that? Now, my kids come back, and the way that I do it, like you and I have this conversation, I got kids who they come to me and they work with me for those first four weeks. Wow. They got to go test it. So they go away and they come right back. They go away for two weeks and come right back to get more because they testing it. And that's what I'm talking about. That's why when I read Dewey and I, I looked at the yeah, Sharp Chicago School, and I looked at how he was using the community as test sites. And I understood that if you can teach a child how to use a home to test the experience of what they're learning to comprehend, to improve their life in that negative environment so they can feel a sense of, of help versus selflessness, a sense of how they can help heal themselves in the moment of the crises, and then rely because the school is a safe place. No, no matter what we, the school is a safe place for these children. They know, they know in the school, they only go so far, and that the teacher can't can't shoot them. So they know even if the home is the worst place to be, the school is safe, and that's what you work from, and you teach them that they have to turn around and recognize signs of care when they see it because that validates their study that there are better people out there than what they're experiencing over here in their home, in their neighborhood, right? And so, so I said it was your lead, it was your leadership, <laughs> that, you know, with the kid in the classroom. So that was so vivid, you know, that was so vivid because that was like the kid I'm talking about, you know, the nine-year-old, that was so vivid. But, but, but what was amazing was when he turned, you he lit up just like, just like, Foucault said, when you act, the brain lights up. You can see the kid light up when he confronted this teacher who he was having so much trouble with, and the teacher received his negative energy and didn't react to it. I'm talking about over a continuum of time where I got the reports, and in these series of weeks and events, as I was watching him as he comes into class, it was lit up. It was, and he started practicing this stuff. He started getting involved in sports. He started doing things inside the culture of the school. And so that was my feedback to let me know it works. 
when you teach a child how to act through the feelings of hurt, right? And the brain lights up, now the brain's in the lead. And now you got the kid working through their brain, not their body, because before, remember, he was, the kid was moving through his body. His body was what he put in front of you to, to tell you, get, better get out of here. I'm going to do that. I'm going to hit you. I'm, I'm, I'm at the window. Right. I'm, 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 you next. That's the fear. Right. They try and increase the fear and, and tell you, you're about to start running because I'm coming. No, when, you, when the brain's in the lead of the body, you know how to do that. You talk it through. Plus, the connection is you're teaching him how to interact with teachers. Now he there's teachers that understand it as protecting him, just like the, the kids inside the class. Teachers protect those kids. Why? Because they understand they've chosen to participate and that they already heard. And it's easy for them to regress, but not when they have signs of care coming from the leaders in the community, the teachers. So, so you want to teach that kid how to connect, right? And that's what you're doing. And it's so awesome. It, it's such a it's such a, a skill that I think we we have to figure out how to we have to spend time learning and understanding because it's part of uh, like you said in the beginning. I mean, uh, uh, whatever that environment's coming from, the the lessons that the brain has learned may not be the lessons that say they need to pay attention to you or that they need to you know, respond to you in a certain way when they, whatever they're doing is not making you happy or, or they're not staying focused on what they need to be doing or, or they haven't really figured out what they need to be doing. And I, I think that's so important. I, you know, but we're getting close to finishing up, Christopher. And one of the things I wanted to make sure I got you to, to comment about is, you know, my, my audience is primarily, uh, it's lots of educators of all sorts, but a big chunk of it are classroom teachers and building administrators why should they want to know more about your focus? Why should they want to read your book and and uh, and learn more about what you're talking about? I would say school safety. That's what comes out. Because, you see, in, in everything I'm talking about, a safe home, a safe school, a safe neighborhood, and a safe workplace. And in mentoring a child, they're the lead of trying to help create that safe space because if those three are your workspaces, the reason why you connect to safety is because that's what you want the kid to do, feel safe enough to experience that unknown environment of having an instruction come at you that you may not be able to respond to correctly, but through your sense of feel for self, you understand that you're going to recover, that your brain is not going to just leave you dangling because that's why you teach a kid about self-talk and brain talk because that's what the brain is doing. In every situation, the brain's talking to that kid. And so safety is the first thing. And so in, in dealing with safety, I believe in this current climate, that's connection to the people because everybody wants to feel safe. Kids don't want to tell on their parents but they do want to help their parents. So I've had kids who tell on their parents to help their parents because they understand that drug addiction hurts everyone. And it breaks down the family system most of all. And so safety would be the issue that I would, I would say that really is behind the work is when you have a difficult, high need, troubled kid behind it, there's a lack of sense of feel for safety because they're hurt 
And if there's no one there at the breath of life, say this kid was born into a family in crises, and their sense path has never been set up. I mean, they, they've never been inside the home where the parent has been telling them, taste this, try this. Let's go out there in the backyard. What is that? What is this? What is that? Organizing their sensory systems for contact interaction through signs of care. Because from that point on, you're talking about how do you get this kid to understand how to play? So if they don't have that experience, then how do they go to school if they don't know how to play? If they don't know how to play, that's why I say to you that acting is very, very, if you, if you try this with kids who are troubled, high need, and so forth, even special need kids, you'll see that when you teach them how to act, the light bulb lights up because you're teaching them how to have how to experience fun. Because the fun is in seeing you change. That's fun. Why? Because they're in the lead. They can see how what they're doing and you're doing with them. Yes, you're doing it because they're hurt, but they understand, but you're accepting me. No, safety. You're making me feel safe now. Felt safe. You see? And that's why he changed, because he felt safe enough inside the school because he was troubled in the neighborhood. He was, I'm talking about, he was hell in the house. You see? He was totally off the hook. When he came to my class, he was totally off the hook. But when you teach him, or when I taught him how to accept the contact, sense, feel the contact through his self. Awareness comes later because first you got to understand, no, I understand what awareness is, but I'm saying when you're dealing with a child with, with damage, sense, or seed path functions, the awareness which you're evaluating, because that's the comprehension part. That's connected to comprehension. But the information that the brain has, has been experienced is the informing of the brain. And that's what moved the transaction through the experience of awareness. Because now you're evaluating the child's comprehension of the effect, the effect, or the influence, so the kid can talk back to you. That's what we're talking about. Getting the kid to talk back to you about the experience of awareness. And inside the experience of awareness is the bad and the good. Now you know you got a home run. Now you know this kid has the capacity to reflect, to understand the consequences of their behavior. That's what we learned about Ronald. He knew exactly what he was doing. All right, so that's why we had so much success with him because he knew he was torturing people, and he knew he was young, and because of his, he didn't care. Because what could they do to him? His father would beat him down. You know, think about that—a a, a baby, a toddler. You know, being brutalized. Mom, nowhere in the situation, no nurturing. But then he's a, he's he is academically attuned. Right? And he is a caring person. Right? So that's that's what you're evaluating. All these things is in the brain's body learning system. See? Because that's what you're talking about. You're talking about a learning system. So a human learning consultant, that's what we're talking about. How do you lead a person to learn the brain? Through a sense of, I get in a lot of trouble when I say this because people, people misunderstand me. Sense of feel for self. What do you mean? I, tell, I say again, the sense is disconnected from the brain because behaviorists study the response. And the response ignored the brain 
which is the choice box. That's the sense of receive path, the choice of decision box. And in doing so, they ignored the fact that a child could say no to your reinforcer and say no because they understand you're wrong. You cannot I'm worth more than that. My, you know what I'm experiencing inside here? I'm worth more than a couple of play dollars because the brain and then other peers, the interaction, man, you, you accept the candy. That's, that's, that's all it took. And, and, and the, rational, the rationalization is you got to talk to the brain and tell the brain, well, you know, this is not worth, this is not what your value is. But look, in the workplace, when you get paid real money, you, know, you have to tell them this in front of the reinforcement. You're dealing with the brain. You got to tell the brain so the kid understands, okay, you're talking to me, my brain's on, I'm listening. Now they can follow that. They can follow that. And so if you're starting kindergarten, whatever you do, it, uh, my projects, compensation for my kids, they all were rewarded with stipends. So if a kid went with me and done those 30 hours, they got a stipend at the end of the project. And in those stipends, they could earn as much as, a kid could earn as much as $400 to $500. Now, we're talking about competitively. So everybody don't get $400. We're talking about kids that successfully make contact with teachers, get teachers to sign on, get teachers to interact with them, get community people to participate in all this data I'm, I'm compiling. That's feedback from them experiencing contact, interaction, cooperation, participation. And those kids that couldn't develop the brain's learning system through contact, interaction, cooperation, they still got a stipend, but it was less than because we got to keep it real, right? So that's reality. If you don't perform, you don't get paid, right? And so that is what we're talking about, a human system learning process. And at the end of the day, you're teaching them how to live. Love it. Love it. This is awesome. I, um, Christopher, before we go, as we finish up, I've got uh, just a couple last questions for you. And the first one is, is this, uh, if someone wanted to follow up and connect with you and or learn more, where do you want to go to? Wow. Uh, let's go to www.brainsbody.net. And then um, I have the website at um, www.drchristopherkslayton.com. That's where the Brains Body uh, book website is. But I would go to brainsbody.net because there, if you want some consultation, if you want a free session, you can get a free session at that website. It has where you can sign up for a free session and things like that. Excellent. I'll have that information in the show notes. So it'll be easy for them to go click and go straight to your, your websites. And so good stuff. I, I got one last question that I just want to ask you uh, before we finish up and it has almost nothing to do with what we're talking about, but it might. <laughs> um, and it goes like this, uh, Christopher, uh, do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you say if given a chance to say thank you? Ms. Eloise Johnson. Ms. Eloise Johnson, when I came out of Marine Corps, and I went, I went, I, I came out of Marine Corps and I knew I had to, I had to, I had to do better, and I had to go back and get an education. And so though that first experience of a teacher who told me that I was underperforming, and not only told me that, but then began to talk to me, telling me, I'm talking to your brain, not your body. That's that's the word. You know, even right now, she 
her name always comes up in my brain constantly because she changed the way that I behaved. Because even in my next book, I put her in there because she is the one who taught me to study the brain from a perspective of self because she was talking to me and telling me all the time with that, if you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail because you didn't use your brain, okay? And so when she was telling me, and I'm talking about someone who, F, D, F, A, A, A. No, because she dared me to come back. She said, I know you can just move on. I dare you to come back to my class. And she dared me and I came back. She taught me grammar. She taught me how to move through bailing participial phrases, she would play with me. I'm talking about she had my brain, but more importantly, I was excelling in other classes. I moved from the back of the class because she told me, no, I want you up here, okay? And she put me in the front of the class. And from that point on, it was hard, but every class I went into after that, I was always in the front because she said, don't be afraid. So she taught me how to live inside a classroom. And that was her goal, because she saw in me, that's what she told me, she saw in me, and I had a friend who was with me in the class at that time who, who um, was into drugs, but I didn't know anything about it. I just got out of the ring for her. And she told me. She pulled me to the side and said, no, Chris, you're too important. You can't do that. You have to disassociate yourself. And I got pissed off at her, but my brain hurt her. And I listen to her. And I disassociate. See, I'm just saying, no, Eloise Johnson, because I say, if I, if, if I, if she was in front of me, and I'll imagine her as, as you right now, and I'd say, I love you. Now, I, I probably, I was probably the hardest student to work because we were talking back. And she and I are having these conversations back and forth. But I'm listening. She keeps bringing them because she's not afraid of me. And that was the whole thing. I'm not afraid of you, you know? And so, no, Eloise Johnson turned my life around, made my life better for my children because she taught me how to interact through signs of care. So, yeah, I say Eloise Johnson. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, uh, Dr. Slayton, thank you so much for sharing your book, Education and Science, The Brain's Body Helped to Improve Brain, Body, and Sense Events. What an awesome focus. What a powerful book. And I got to tell you, uh, the more we learn about that in the classroom and in the buildings, the, the better we're going to be able to, to help the kids figure out how to figure out what they want to do and, and go do it, do that thing that they want to achieve. So uh, this is awesome. Wishing you the best in all you do. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate it. It was, you know, it was, it was a very difficult interview, but you made it very, I'm talking about your, your questions really resonated with me because, you know, when you're in this work, Education is so complicated. I mean, because like I say, people can turn you off the education because they don't understand it. Because it's an experience that you live through the rest of your life. And so, yeah, I'm back at you. I appreciate you very much. Thank you for the time. Hey, you have been listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast to help you help kids achieve their dreams. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. 
Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a member of the podcast network based in Canada called Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Hey, thanks for listening. It would be awesome if you visited my website at stephenmaletto.com and connected with me, left a review, and listened to more episodes. And by the way, you could also share it with your friends, with your family, and uh, your colleagues. Thanks so much. You're awesome.